Boom. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Relentless Podcast. And today I'm really, really excited. I have an incredible human joining me. Welcome, Iggy McGowan. How you doing? Yeah, good man. Great to be here. Mate, I've been excited to get you on board. We've been talking about doing this for a few weeks and uh, we've known each other for a short period of time. You're a fighter, you're an athlete, you're a coach, you're a healer, and you are a warrior, full stop. And I've really learned that about you. But it was so interesting how we met. So we met through a, a mutual friend, Kat, the yep. rebel fucking millionaire, as she's known. She's been on the show as well. And, uh, and I came in just for a deep tissue sports massage. And I got so much more than that, of course. Not only was it the best massage I've ever had, it's been helping me heaps, but you and me started talking and um, I was learning about you and your past and everything that you do. And I was literally blown away. I thought, holy shit, this dude is is legit, really is. And then when I started reading about you and your fights and what you've achieved, and I thought, wow, this is this guy's unique. This is a, this is a dude I want to share his message, philosophy with my audience. So, man, welcome. I'm, Honored to have you on the show. Thanks, heaps, Andy. Yeah, it's it's great to be here. So let's talk about who you are, where you've come from. We're going to delve into everything because there's sure. a lot to delve into for sure. Yep. Where did the fight and fitness journey start for you? Yeah. So from a very young age, uh, I was always attracted to martial arts mm. and any sort of movement. So I played all sorts of sports from a, as I said, a very young age. But it was particularly fighting and martial arts that I was really drawn to. Yeah. More than anything else. I wasn't really I didn't really find any passion or enjoyment in anything mm. other than yeah, martial arts. You know, I grew up watching Bruce Lee and yeah. Van Damme movies and started karate at a very young age, maybe like thirteen. Yeah. And did that for a few years. I'd always wanted to do Muay Thai. Yeah. Because out of what I'd seen with martial arts, it was the most practical mm. and closest to real life fighting. Yeah. But where I was, the town that I was in at the time, which was Goulburn, they only had karate. That was the next best yeah, thing. So yeah. I did that, but I had a boxing bag at home that every afternoon I would be on, you know, trying out things that I'd seen on movies. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So it started from that young age. So what sort of kid were you? Like, were you super high energy? Were you, were you naughty? Were you, were you a good kid? What sort of, what sort of no, child were you? I think I was a good kid. Yeah. No, look, <laughs> I, had a, I had a lot of energy, yeah. for sure. I had yeah. a lot of energy. Uh, I was... You know, I was good at sports. I was good at things that I tried. Hmm. Things like school, uh, you know, came easy. I didn't really apply myself. Yeah. But it, it came pretty easy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it, it was it was just – I didn't really see much point in life, though, mm. even from a young age. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm extremely blessed to come from a great family. Mm. I'm one of seven mm. kids. So I had a great upbringing and a really close-knit family. Mm. But I just – I didn't see much – purpose in life mm. yeah, i remember from a young age even around 10 thinking what's the point mm. what's the point you know i even contemplated suicide from that young age wow. and yeah, i just yeah just i was a bit sort of numb and mm. it, it took you know doing extreme things mm. or what others considered extreme yeah. to, to make me feel anything yeah so yeah. interesting and i guess this is going to be really cool to start picking apart your mindset and watching it develop over over your youth so okay you're in a sort of a small town yep a lot of energy not really not really enthused by much except for kicking ass and extreme sports and all that sort of stuff so yep. when did you start taking fighting seriously when did you start to think well i'm, I'm a fighter when when did that identity sort of become so i moved to uh wagga from mm. Goulburn when I was 15. Yeah. And I, I, I got my mum to drive me around as soon as I got there. I didn't care about that I was starting a new school or mm. anything like that. 
it was it was my chance to find a Muay Thai trainer mm. and to be able to start fighting. Mm. And she drove me around to every gym in town, every PCYC, everywhere. There was, you know, karate, taekwondo, mm. you know, this, that. And it was the very last gym that we put up. It was a weights gym. And mum said, look, darling, that's this is going to have to be the last – it's the last place. Mm. We've been everywhere. Mm. And I went in and I found a business card on, on the counter that said, Jason Lee Plum, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai instructor. And I thought, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've got it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and started training immediately. So that was at 15. Mm. And I just, I put so much time into training, I, you know, mm. two hours in the morning, two hours at night and started fighting a year later. Yeah. And yeah, the rest is history. So I started at 16 fighting, but it, it was my mm. one passion. And when I, when I met Jason, my first trainer, yeah, that was the first real sort of connection that I felt mm. with anyone. Yeah. Right. On the earth. As yeah. in, uh, before that, I felt like an alien. Wow. And so I met him and I thought, someone gets me. Yeah, This man understands right. me and mm. that's where I, I poured all that attention. Yeah, it's so interesting because at that age, 15, number one, a lot of 15-year-olds are not thinking about fighting. No. If they are thinking about fighting, they're probably doing Taekwondo rather than Muay Thai, which is so yeah. much more hardcore really than yeah. sort of uh, Taekwondo. Why were you so interested in doing something so difficult why were you so interested in going straight to something like more hardcore than you know doing your boxing or kickbox uh, or uh, taekwondo it and and another thing back then in those mm. days they didn't have any age you know age groups or anything like yeah that. i was fighting men from 16 <laughs> yeah. like i was yeah. one of the youngest that there were around mm. you know at any of the fight shows and you know i'd mm. be knocking men out these big tattooed up, you know, yeah. men. Yeah. And, you know, when the crowd would hear that I was only 16 years old, mm. you know, they'd be cheering, clapping. Yeah. But in answer to your question, uh, it made me feel something. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it stimulated me enough that I felt like, oh, I am living. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so if you weren't fighting, is it fair to say you, you felt like you weren't living? Is that? Pretty much at the, yeah. at the time. Yeah. Mm. And as I said, like it's, it's it, I had a great upbringing it, it was nothing to do with that. I think it was it was just something that I came into this life with. Yeah, it was, yeah. I was drawn to that, to martial arts, to fighting. Yeah, I guess yeah. some people are, are born with it, some people aren't. But I think it's definitely, would you say that that mindset can be, that you, you're born with it 100% or it can be developed no, or, it's, or both? Yeah, both. Yeah. Absolutely both. It's Some people can come in with it, mm. into this life. It can be innate. But mm. anyone can learn it, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Anyone can absolutely learn it. And that's my work with people. That's what I teach is yeah. how anyone can apply these principles and can condition themselves to have that sort of mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that a lot of people will say often is, you know, oh, you're lucky you're just strong. Yeah. You're, you're lucky you're – but that's a complete and utter dismissal of everything that I've done to get to where I am. 100%. You know, it's it, – no, it's taken a lot to get to this point. Mm. and I've put in a whole lot of work in order to create it. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. I, I mean, I, I hate hearing that when yeah. people say that. It's such a cop-out. When people say that, if you're in any area of success, when I say, oh, he's lucky because he's, he's got money, or he's lucky they've got a good relationship, or he's lucky that he's you know a champion fighter, whatever it is, it's like you can't just come out with a generalised statement like that without seeing all the grinding, all the effort exactly. day after day. And that's a badge of honour that you earn and you can yeah. only earn. Yeah, absolutely, and through experience. So, yeah. you know, that's it. I'm sure that you know anyone that would say that, they wouldn't want to swap 
you know what I'd gone through in order to get to this yeah, point. 100%. You know, they wouldn't they wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right, especially in your case. So let's talk about some of the most memorable experiences that you've had in the fight game. What were some of the most memorable, I guess, achievements or fights that you've had? So I guess from the that young age, I won a couple of titles mm. when I was I think 17 or 18 about that. Yeah. And so I'd only been fighting a few years and but I had a whole lot of fights in a short amount of time. Mm. And winning those first couple of titles was, you know, it was fantastic. You know, it was I'd set that as a goal, yeah. and when I accomplished it, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then in the later years, a great accomplishment was fighting for a company in Fusion over mm. in Thailand, where I fought Daniel Sam. Mm. Uh, it was just great to be a part of such a, a big organization and have a show that was, you know, they filmed a documentary style mm. TV series around it. Mm. And I think it was shown in over a hundred countries through Europe. Mm. So it was great to be a part of that. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, I've, I've seen the photos, I've seen some of the, the clips of, of the fight and, um, and I'm going to show it up on the video so we can see it on YouTube. But yep. again, if you see this guy, Daniel Sam, he's a monster big black guy huge and then you've selected this dude so it wasn't like you, you got paired up you actually called this guy out and said yeah. i want the biggest baddest motherfucker there is i'm going to take this guy out talk about why the hell did you choose the biggest dude to um to, to fight to go at yeah why not <laughs> why not yeah. you know i remember i got asked that same question by nathan corbett who was my training partner at the time inspiring mm. partner and when I was over there in Thailand, you know, that, that night before, after I'd, you know, chosen to fight Daniel. Yeah. Uh, I was I was speaking to Nathan. He was like, why? I just don't I don't understand why. Why would you choose to fight yeah. him? Why? I was like, why not? Come yeah. on. Like, yeah. but that, that's, how, that's how I live my life is, yeah. is I'll see what, what people will fear. And to me, that's an indicator. Mm. To me, that, that's a sign saying I've got something for you. Yeah. You know, nice. it, it, it's that. It's... Because fear can only exist where knowledge is lacking. So mm. when you gain understanding around something, it transforms that fear back into your power. Mm. So I looked around when I got there and I don't thought there was a super heavyweight uh, eliminator. And you're not a super heavyweight, are no, you? No, not a super yeah. heavyweight. But the opportunity came up on two days' notice mm. and I thought, why not? The two yeah. fights that I'd had before that, in the last couple of months before it, they both ended within a minute. Yeah. You know, one finished after 44 seconds. So you knocked this guy out in 44 seconds? Yeah. yeah. And then the one after that, the guy's leg broke in the first minute. Yeah. So after that, I remember going back to the gym and <laughs> and I was like, just give me someone that won't break. Yeah. And I, I got someone that didn't break, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, then this opportunity came up to go over for this fight in Thailand. Mm. And when I got there, as I said, I don't follow the super heavyweight division. It wasn't my weight division. Mm. So on the first day, they had us all training for an hour on our own. So I looked around, sized everyone up and yeah. and thought, right, you know, who you know, who would be the favourite, who's the one that people probably don't want to fight and mm. et cetera. And then they lined us all up and said, okay, you've got a choice. We'll either match you up against someone mm. or you can choose to challenge someone. Yeah, I was third in line. The first two asked to get matched up. They got matched up. Mm. And they asked myself and I said, yeah, I want to challenge someone. Mm. They said, I, who? And I said, Daniel Sam. Yeah, and yeah. they oh, like this <laughs> and they're all... Yeah, people are laughing like what? Like just, mm. and I was like, "Yep, there." But uh, why? Because I knew that no, none of them wanted to. Yeah, yeah. No one else wanted to. Yeah. 
And I thought, if I'm going all the way here to Thailand, yeah, I want you. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You've got something for me, son. Yeah. And <laughs> do, you, do you think that rocked him? Do you, do you reckon that that, like, no one... Yeah, I think no so, one for co- sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so, for sure. Yeah. You know, he, he was a very cocky, arrogant, yeah. you know, but he's a huge man. You know, he looks like mm. John Coffey off the Green Mile. Yeah, yeah, you he know, does. Massive, man. Like, the, the muscles on this guy... Yeah. It was like a horse, like when a horse's leg ripples and you see all that muscle, I was yeah. like, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's insane, it's true. Yeah. But I love the images. So at the start, well, I mean, one thing we've got to point out, this guy's an absolute monster. You've yeah. called him out, but the photos of you at the start, you're like looking up at him just yeah. with this smile like a psychopath. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's either crazy, like he's either an absolute weapon or a psychopath. He's just, gr- you're grinning at him like I'm about to eat you. Yeah. And then after the fight, he won on points, yeah. but... I'd, I'd call it your victory because you're still smiling. You you challenged someone that was how many how many weight classes above? Oh man, he was like nearly forty kilos heavier than me. Fucking insane! You know, it, it's a lot. Like I've you know, I've felt the power of like world yeah. champion, you know, heavyweight world champions. Yeah, that I've had constant sparring mm. with, and you know that that's one thing mm. I could take that. But then this, you get those extra kilos on there yeah. with someone that can move and someone that you know is an incredible fighter yeah man it was a whole other level it was a great experience yeah yeah you know, just the power that could be generated by such a huge being yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. how did you feel after the fight oh uh, i felt great yeah i was smashed up yeah big time yeah but, but no I, I really did i felt great it wasn't until the next morning that uh yeah that it, it i was i had some damage man yeah, yeah. like it's it's a lot it's like being in you know three car accidents all at once yeah so i didn't i couldn't leave my room for a couple of days Mm. uh i was like i'd I'd get up the next morning and i went up to go to the bathroom and i I tried to push myself up off the bed but i had some fractures in my wrist and i'm so i've fallen back down and i've got to get up off the other side my forearms were both the size of my quads like just swollen that swollen so i've had to do a sit up you know hobble over yeah but uh but yeah, you know that that passed after two days. Yeah, so that was fine. But yeah. but immediately after the fight, yeah, I felt mm. great. Mm. Incredible, man. Let's talk a little bit about the mindset going into these fights. Yeah. So again, I'm always fascinated, especially with your mindset, because you just seem to always be doing something greater than what what you think can be achieved. You again fighting guys forty kgs heavier than you. Let's use that as an example. What is your mindset going into a fight? Do you have a certain strategy or a certain way of thinking or looking at an opponent? Like are you are you shrinking him when you're walking in? What, what do you go through? So when I'm there isn't even there is a thought process, but mm. at the same time there isn't because I get asked often like what were you thinking when you yeah. when you're there at that stare down like look but. I wasn't really. It was mm. like I was just. I'm looking through him. Mm. If I, but if I was to put it into words, it was you know, you've got no idea where I've been. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can't touch me. I'm unconquerable. Yeah, you've got nothing. Like mm. you know, that's if I was to put it into words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There might have been some expletives in there as well. Yeah. But, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So self talk would yeah. you'd say is a huge thing as a fighter and a, and a successful human. Everything. Yeah, it's everything mm. for everyone. Yeah, you know that's I it. Love that you know, our, our experience. Mm is is up to us it's we choose our experience of life mm. through our perception yeah so it all happens here 
100 you know, percent. that's it and so it's, it's mastering that voice within the skull you mm. know because you'll either create a prison for yourself or yeah. a palace yeah and so yeah true. that's what it all comes down to is taking control over that voice yeah when do you think you realize that when was it like it was that early on for you or was that something you realized a bit later after maybe some losses like how did you learn that so i, I did learn it from a young age but only when it came to fighting mm. i hadn't joined the dots with life yeah okay so i had i had an incredible discipline with when it came to fighting and mm. i was always interested in in the mind and the power of the mind and the body you know from a very young age and my initial trainer was also so you know even back then mm. it was you know that's 20 years ago even then it was you know visualizing and going through different thought processes back then at that young age mm. and i always continued to study you know ever since then the mind yeah and 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 how to really harness the mind. But I hadn't joined the dots with the rest of life. So then I'd be out and there were periods where I went through my destruction and mm. where I definitely didn't have control over my mind. Mm. And, you know, that led to all sorts of shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, to say the least, I'm sure. To say the least. But let's touch on that because that's so interesting. I mean, we're, we're just talking about all the success that you've had and, yep. you know, you've got crowds cheering for you. You've just been aired across, what, 140 countries or something something crazy like that. But there was a time where you were challenged and struggled with depression, anxiety, some alcohol, drug abuse, things of that nature. Yep. How did you get into sort of that dark stage? What happened, I guess, in your world? And then we'll talk about how you got out of it. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was it was from a young age also. Mm. So I'd been you know training and fighting over over years and got a I had a lot of fights in a short period of time. Yeah, and so the discipline and the sacrifice of things, even through those you know those end of school years and then the you know the first couple of years after school where mm. most people are you know partying the whole time. Yeah, but in you know in a more uh, in smaller amounts. Yes, you know, but with everything else, well. Because I'd been so heavily training and had mm. sacrificed that, it then got to a point where I had a break from fighting and mm. it ended up turning into six years out of the ring. Mm. And yeah, right. I just went full into, like, off the rails and, yeah. and into destruction. I was, as I mentioned before, I was, I would do extreme things, mm. things that other people considered, you know, extreme and, you know, life endangering mm. uh, just to again just to feel alive yeah so because i wasn't doing that through fighting then i was looking for it through other sources so yeah drugs alcohol you mm. know criminal activity violence in the underworld mm. things like that yeah before, before then because of the discipline that i had from my training then coming to a point where i made a choice to turn it all around yeah. and yeah, it really came back full circle. 100%. I mean, it's number one, credit to you for pulling yourself out of it because it's so easy not to. Yeah. I mean, so many people lose themselves, end up in jail, it's all over, or suicide, whatever sure. it may be. And I know you, I guess, faced a couple of those moments where you tried to commit suicide and I guess you had some pretty deep and dark conversations with yourself. Yeah. What was the turning point? What was that point? I mean, you're six years out of the fight game. You're all in, in a hectic almost chaotic lifestyle. Yeah. What was that defining moment where you said enough's enough, I'm sick of this shit? So initially, there it, w it wasn't just any one moment mm. initially, but there were a number of small choices and I'd already started, you know, really cleaning up my act mm. and, and mm. made the choice that, no, that is it. I, I want to get back in the ring. Nice. But then it really did come to a, you know, a catalyst and a big turning point when mm. 
which would have been when my sister passed away. Mm. So my sister Tess had melanoma and I, I went down to Sydney and nursed her in the nine, ten months leading up to her passing away. Mm. And as so I was already training and, and you know, getting back into fighting. Mm. But around that period, it it was the, you know, the it cemented it. You yeah. know, it, I, it came to a point where I made a vow to myself that that was it, no more. Mm. And that came about because... About a week before Tess passed away, she called everyone into the room around her and said, oh, I want to speak to everyone. So, you know, we're all in, gathered around her bed, of course, anything. Yeah. And it's like, what is it, Tess? Mm. And she said, I want to I want to ask you all something. We're like, yeah, anything, anything, of course. Mm. She said, I want to ask you all to, to, look, after, to look after yourselves. Mm. Uh, no, so she said, look after each other. Yeah. I want you all to look after each other. We're like, yeah, of course, everyone's nodding. Mm. So, yep. She said, and I also, I want you to look after yourselves. Mm. And so everyone's like, yeah, of course, Tess, of course. But mm. I went away from there and I, I really sat with it and mm. you know, really contemplated it. And I thought, that's it. I'm going to honour my dying, my sister's dying wish. I'm wow. going to honour it no matter what. Yeah. And I thought, okay, so how how do I do that? Look after each other. Well, I can only be in one place at a time, mm -hmm. I thought. So, okay, I'll start with the second part of it. Look after yourself. Yeah. Okay, that's it. From this day, I'm going to make sure that I'm completely self-sufficient, mm. that I'm never an, a burden to anyone again. Mm. And I thought that that helps with looking after others is if I can't be everywhere to look after them, I can at least not be a problem, mm. not add to their load with stress yeah. because there were so many times where I absolutely did yeah, because they'd, yeah. be, they'd be worried. Mm. what's Iggy done you know is Iggy locked up is it has Iggy killed somebody is he mm. dead like yeah. you know, th there'd be these these questions there yeah. and so I made that vow to myself that's it no more I'm going to get myself sorted mm. and I put all my energy toward that mm. and so really that was the turning point that was the choice yeah, and then amazing. over a period of time I, I got I got good at that I got myself mm. sorted mm. I established balance within myself and and I was then able to help some others, help some family members mm. to uh, some balance within themselves. Mm. You know, they weren't anything extreme like myself, but it was. But I was able to help them, and that just it naturally grew through that. Yeah. Next, I had other people coming to me wanting assistance, wanting mm. to know what is it that you've done? How have you brought about this transformation? What mm. do you, what is it you've you know? And that's I get how my work grew from there. Yeah, amazing yeah. story, man. And there's a quote that we use a lot. In, in my business and, and it goes when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change change must happen and i often find with clients and and people in general they have to feel this huge amount of pain sometimes to yeah. to really shift and change do you often see that in your clients and absolutely would you say it's the truth for you 100 100 mm. well destruction births creation yeah you know everyone goes through a blackening mm. you know everyone goes through this this destructive period which then brings about the the, the change you know and mm. that's what challenge mm. is yeah that's what conflict is mm. people spend so much time wanting to avoid conflict and avoid challenge yeah that's the gold is in that yeah you know so it's, it's a matter of embracing that and opening up to that mm. because mm. it is so necessary yeah but what, one thing that i see especially with clients is the biggest changes the most powerful ones really come about when someone has destroyed themselves a lot mm. when someone's you know had immense pain and suffering yeah. that they've created yeah. that's when they're they're more mm. receptive it breaks them down and makes them more receptive to yeah. go okay i'll do anything yep 
Yeah. Rather than being, uh, you know, half in, half out. Mm. It's like, no, commitment is 100%. It's all or nothing. Yeah, so true. So true. I want to quickly talk about the concept of your, the light side and your dark side. And so I've had this conversation a few times on here and with some incredible authors and people that write about it. And I think we all have a, like a good side and a dark side. And both are not good or bad, but it's how you use those yeah. to either be resourceful or unresourceful. And then you can use people like Michael Jordan as an example who has this dark side 100%. You can tell he's an absolute killer, but he channels that into sport and athletics where his competitive nature shines, right? Yeah. And I think obviously in your case, it, you got to use both in, in unresourceful and resourceful. Do you find that in your athletes you see that common thread where within yourself and others that they have a dark and a light side and they they channel that more in order to achieve success yeah absolutely mm. i think that it's it is it's, it's all energy mm. it's purity it's all energy mm. and it's all in in how it is used yeah and so yeah. it's really it's making the two one yeah so rather than you know operating from this or this it's, mm. it's bringing them together mm. and using them both in that powerful way yeah absolutely would you say you're naturally competitive with myself, yeah, I always had been, yeah, 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 yep, with myself, and yeah, sometimes I guess with others, mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. And then as you were, went into the fight ring, were you naturally like more? Would you say like you're driven by aggression or more competition or more from achievement? Like, what was the the push or the drive for you to just keep going, like constant fight after fight, to then take on all these guys? It was it was absolutely all about mastering the conflict within myself. Yeah, and yeah. And so the person standing there opposite mm. me was – they were just that. They were yeah. just an opponent. They yeah. were just there. It wasn't like they were an enemy. It wasn't mm. like – you know, it wasn't about – beating them mm. as in the choice it was made that i'm going to destroy you absolutely but it wasn't it wasn't personal yeah of course it, it was technical it was just yeah. this is what has to be done mm. in order to transform myself yeah in order to gain that knowledge of myself yeah so it was that i made a choice that this is it i'm going to i'm choosing victory mm. and i'll do whatever it is required in yeah. order to accomplish that yeah i love that one of the reasons why i wanted to get you on the show is as we were talking you know, I've seen what you've actually done and then I've seen what you do in coaching or you've told me about it, of course. And so one of the things that you focus a lot on is helping people overcome fear, self-doubt, really growing as individuals. Yeah. But why people should actually listen to you is because you fucking walk the talk. You've done yeah. it. You like do this every day. You're in the trenches. A lot of people talk a big game. They don't really follow through with it. And you 100% do, which is so interesting and so refreshing as well yep. which is why i had to speak to you about it so let's talk a little bit about overcoming fear first of all how do you view fear in general so i mentioned it earlier i see it as an indicator mm. i see it as as something it, it's it's like a little signpost that's saying i've got something for you yeah you cool. need you've got you know yeah you've got to come and collect it yeah you've got to come you've got to collect it yeah. you've got to face it and in turn, okay, because mm. that energy that comes up inside, you know, I think different people experience fear in a different way. Everyone yes. experiences it, mm. but it, it's it's in a different way. Some mm. it's like oh, crippled, oh. Yeah. but others <laughs> yeah. it's like, ah, right, it's, yeah. it's just that energy there. Okay, yeah. it, it's an excitement. Mm. And then, right, you're going to embrace it, you're going to face it and do it, and mm. you're going to... Great. Yeah, and yeah. then the next time you get something, okay, here's another one here. Yeah. Something else for me to gain understanding around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so interesting. And, and I agree. I mean, I feel like in some different capacities as well, you can view it 
in different ways too. So you might have like in, in athletics or maybe even in business, you might see fear or that anxiety is a green light, but then it might be like heights, which you and me have talked about, and that could be like a big red light. So it's about <laughs> thinking through the different categories. And Change then, your filter then. Absolutely. See it as a green light. And it's so true though, isn't yeah, it? And so it is. it's so interesting when you break down the different areas of life and where fear lives and how it lives, yep. how are you viewing that in each realm? And is it real or is it made up? And again, we are meaning makers in a meaningless world. We do attach, we, we choose the meaning, don't we? Absolutely, mm. absolutely, I agree. And so I would also say that yeah, fear is an illusion mm. and that it's it's when you face it, it collapses. Mm. That, that's with anyone. The, yeah. the thing that, ke- it's mind-made movies and projections and fearful ideas that yeah. people have. Yeah. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? Mm. Yet if you face it and you just deal with what is, mm. that, it transforms it. Yeah, and absolutely. so that's why we're going to go skydiving. Damn and straight, you're going to get it done. <laughs> absolutely. <I can't. laughs> hey, look, I've chosen the best person to go with. Yeah. And so, quick, quick story. You're telling me how you went skydiving for the yeah. first time, and so of course, not only did you just go skydiving, but this fucking maniac has got his phone out looking up how many people have died specifically on this spot from skydiving. It was a long wait. <laughs> it was a long wait. I so I was, I was trying to get some some yeah. sort of juices pumping. It's so crazy. I thought if I looked that up, maybe it might. Yeah. It didn't. It but didn't it was, work. It filled in a bit of time. It was worth a giggle. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon would have done it for you? What would have anything? What would have scared you up there? Anything or not? No. Like, yeah. no. Because what's the worst case scenario? Yeah. Death. Yeah, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, so, and, it, and it's funny. Let's touch on that quickly. You yeah, know, yeah. one of the, I, I guess, ways that you defy death or face death and fear constantly is that if death comes, I think, I can't remember where I heard you say this or read it, but you said something like, good, come, I want to I want to go down doing something fucking amazing, like doing something epic. Well, what's your what's your view? So it's, it's enjoying whatever occurs. Mm. It's having peace in all outcomes. I like that. Because... Mm. You know, that's a, people get crippled by fear because they're they're fearing a particular outcome. Yeah. Whereas when you have a come to a peace in all outcomes, mm. and if you look at okay, well, what is the worst case scenario? Mm. Well, that this will happen. Okay. Well, what's the opportunity in that? If mm. it's death, well, rebirth. If it's mm. de- then you know I'm going to go out with a smile. I'm going to mm. enjoy it. Mm. When you come to a peace in whatever the outcome is that you've been fearing that. It eliminates it. Mm. You, you then have that peace in, in all outcomes. Then yeah. you can just put your attention to being present mm. and enjoying what is actually unfolding. Yeah. You no, know, that, that's with most people and their fears. What they're fearing never happens anyway. Yeah. And so if they can come to a peace in outcome around it, then at least they are able to then bring their attention to what actually is happening and what they are actually wanting to create, what they're wanting to uh, feed with their attention. So would you say that when you are trying to master anything or even just overcome fears, anxieties, anything like that, would you say that constant exposure or progressive overload to that thing is the best way to deal with it? Of course. Yeah, that's a it's a great way of doing it mm. because what's the opposite is running from things. The yeah. opposite is ignoring things, sweeping it under the rug mm. and, you know, distracting yourself. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's still going to be there. Yeah, it's yeah. still underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, people mm. do that constantly, whether it is through drugs, alcohol, food, social media, mm. whatever it is, they'll distract themselves from facing what they need to face. Mm. You know, most people, they, they really fear any time in solitude, any time on their own. True. Because they they have to, they're sitting with themselves. Yeah. Oh, what might come up? Oh, no, the voice in my head might overcome me. Yeah. But it's but it's it's that. That's mm. the, op- the prime opportunity is sitting in that discomfort 
facing whatever comes up yeah. and gaining understanding around it. So That's how true. you come to that peace within yourself. Yeah, so true. And I think a lot of people have had to face that, especially in Victoria right now. There's so yeah. many people in lockdown. So many people have had to try and face it. And I think this is why, unfortunately, again, a lot of distraction has occurred. So you've got yeah. abuse has gone up. You've got alcoholism has gone up. Drug abuse has gone up because people are wanting that escapism, aren't absolutely. they? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, people really avoid responsibility yeah. and avoid facing themselves. Yeah. Now, most of it's purely out of conditioning. It's because they've never been walked through mm. how to do that. Yes. And because of that, they're, they're using everything else as a coping mechanism. Mm, 100%. Yeah. So in your words, you went through a phase of life where you were amazing at destruction. Yeah. Is that, is that right? So I, you, you I certainly like was. That? I yeah. would just burn it all. Yeah. And and so you were a destroyer of yeah. worlds. Yeah. And then now you're you're a healer and you're like making a huge impact in the world and really impacting people in an amazing way. Yeah. So was that did that healing journey start with your sister or did that happen a little bit later on? No, that, it, it was around that time. Mm. You know, I'd already been, you know, practicing as a napropath, you know, doing yeah. massages and adjustments and working with people on that level. Mm. That that was, it was always a part of me. Yeah. I, it, it really was always a part of me. I hadn't nurtured mm. it enough. Mm. I hadn't nurtured it enough. It, it was either that or it was heavily in the, you know, fighting and violence and, mm. and destruction. Yeah. So it was one or the other, but it was, it was definitely around that time that mm. I brought everything together. Yeah. And, and purified it more, but that around my sister's death was that was a big turning point. You know, yeah. I remember, you know, a, a few weeks before Tess passed away, mm. I was walking along Bondi Beach, mm. and you know, to clear my head. And I remember asking the question, "Why am I here? Yeah. Why am I here? You know, I should have been dead nine times over, mm. like literally, like it is no exaggeration. Like I should have been at least mm. nine times over." Mm. And I was just thinking, why? Am I still here? Mm. And then it came to me like an epiphany. Yeah. And it was, you're here to guide people because I was thinking, I've walked these paths that all have these predictable endings, mm. you know, and I should have been, should have mm. been dead. But I was still here. And, but it, yeah, it came to me, you're here because you've experienced it. You're here to guide people through those situations. Mm. And it was just as clear as anything. And then that was ver followed by another question immediately after, which mm. was, how am I meant to guide anyone? I don't even have my yeah. own stuff together. Yeah. But it, it was but that was a big turning point there. Mm. And I didn't give it any real, you know, more thought around mm. that time. You know, then there was that, you know, conversation with my sister and her dying wish. Mm. And then I went away and, and really reflected on that. And then it, it all came together. It all became my work. Mm. And, yeah, that's yeah. where it unfolded. It's incredible, man. Incredible story as well. And so you were growing up and fighting was that thing that really got you going, right? It was that high that you were always chasing. And if it wasn't that in destruction, destructive Iggy world, it was yep. drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be. And so now that you're not fighting at a professional level anymore and you're obviously definitely not in the chaotic time of your yeah. life, what do you – like what gives you that high? Like where do you get that? Yeah, great question. So – why I did those things, mm. like why I put myself in these, you know, situations where I could have easily have been killed and, you know, dangerous situations yeah. in the underworld, it it was because it forced me into presence. Mm. So the same as fighting or doing anything extreme, it, wow. it forces you into presence. Yes. You, if you're not there, if you're not paying attention, boom, you're going to get smashed or you're going to get killed. Mm. So that that's what i was really wanting was was that to inhabit mm. my body and be where i was and that mm. that presence 
that was really the victory. Mm. And that's what I understood over time and then applied more and more of was cultivating this presence and the ability to to be where i was and be in my flesh yeah and so through you know daily disciplines and and Mm. practice of you know being being balanced and and being in my flesh Mm. now i enjoy anything i enjoy the simplest of things and i enjoy just wherever i am Mm. i'm enjoying being here right now with you yeah yeah but anything like I enjoy getting out in nature, going for walks. I can sit and stare at the ocean for mm, hours mm. and I, I love that time of contemplation, which is like a meditation for me. Yeah, and I think I love that you touched on that. It just makes so much sense and so good for everyone to hear. And um, I think, I don't know, I think the stats are like we, we think over 48,000, nearly 50,000 thoughts a week. Yep. You know, so many of those thoughts are either in regret or in fear of the yep. future. Yep. And it's so hard for people to get present. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about some of those rituals that you've cultivated over the years that yep. give you that and have really created the man that you are today. Because I, I believe it's all about rituals to stay consistent Absolutely. as like a system. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about vision and goals to start off with. Are you, um, well, do you, focus and practice vision creation and, and goal setting yeah absolutely mm. so it, it it has absolutely changed over the years yeah. you know from those early years of fighting there was a lot of visualization and and goal setting and it used mm. to be very very specific yes. goals and you know creating the structure and doing whatever had to be done to accomplish it there was a real rigidity around it, mm. whereas these days I'm more fluent with it. it it's more intuitive when I, I'll set an intent, I'll know a direction, but then I allow life to inform me and show me how things come together because what I learned is it's more about the process. It's more about the process mm. you do because – and once you accomplish one thing, it's, you've got to set another thing and yeah. another thing, which is great because you know that does. It keeps you moving in a certain direction. Mm. But, yeah, it's, it's more fluent mm. in that regard now. And visualization, yeah, of course, everyone visualizes. One mm. thing that a lot of people say to me, clients when they start working is, oh, what about visualization? I've, I've never done visualization. Mm. Like it's a big mystery. It's like, mm. no, no, you have. Yeah. Everyone visualizes. It's just most people are absolute masters of visualizing what they don't want. Yeah. They're continually seeing images in their mind and coloring it so mm. specific and, and doom and gloom. Mm. So it, it's about taking control over these tools such as visualization and, yeah. and the voice in the head, yeah. In order to create what it is that you are wanting, mm, yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that. And so we spoke a little bit about before about self talk, yep. And one of the things that I I do every day is I I try to just program self talk, positive self talk, yep. resourceful self talk, because I feel like as humans we've got this negative bias and we're either going to be we're thinking thoughts no matter what we're saying things to ourselves no matter what we spend the most time with ourselves no matter what so we can either choose to be structuring and and figuring out a a good dialogue or we can default to the negative which is where most people live what do you do in regards to self-talk and affirmations and things of of that nature to create i guess or let's call it a warrior mindset or or, a warrior narrative yep so Mm. i i align myself to knowledge so rather than wishful thinking or you know or getting trapped in beliefs or different ideas it's it's coming back to aligning myself to knowledge Mm. and and nature yeah but i do that yeah through discipline and repetition mm. and so taking control over that voice in the head absolutely it's about rituals yeah you know, it's 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 that simple you've got to do it repeatedly people have this unconscious conditioning from a young age mm. where they've been formed by life around them and other people's opinions and views 
and most people will carry that through the entire their entire life without changing it. Mm. So the solution is is making it conscious. So consciously creating a new voice. So allowing that voice of the child, if you will, in the head to to die by not feeding it, yeah, and growing the voice of the adult or of the man or the woman or the god or the goddess, yeah, within within your your mind, mm. and growing that voice, you know, over over or daily, yeah, you know, through small increments, but with daily rituals, yeah, absolutely, sure. absolutely. So you talk a lot about the warrior philosophy or the warrior way. This could be a loaded question, but what is that? What is that to you? And and I guess what is the process that you go through to live it, breathe it, teach it? Yeah. So, well, to be a warrior is to be a master of conflict, mm. and it's peace in all outcomes. Mm. So that's really what a warrior mindset is: is is having peace in all outcomes and being at peace within chaos. Yeah. And that comes from addressing the conflict within yourself, mm. and so. Ultimately, that's back to it's the voice in the head. Mm. It's not being ruled by this rambling voice of fear, mm. but correcting that voice through repetition with logic mm. to bring the mind back into balance. Mm. And then it, it becomes a harmonious and enjoyable dialogue mm. within within your head yeah. rather than this monologue of a screaming you know, voice of fear. Yeah, and do you feel like or believe that everyone can learn that? Everyone can. Yeah. Everyone can. Absolutely. Mm. It's mm. it's it's that simple. It's it's what you do repeatedly. Yeah. So what what the voice that people have in their head, mm. it's a result of what they've always thought and yeah. they've done that repeatedly. Mm. So that's it's a conditioning. Yeah. So you can the same as programming new technique into the body. Mm. Mm. It's you do it through discipline and repetition, and you can change, and perfect technique in that way. Mm. So it's the same mm. with that voice in the head. Yeah. If if people spoke as consistently to themselves in strength as they have with their weakness, mm. people would be unstoppable. Yeah, I love that. It's powerful, and uh, and I guess that flows into so many different areas. This isn't just about fighting. In in fact, no. it's probably less about fighting and more about life in general. Sure. Because the biggest challenge most people face is conflict with themselves yep. or the fear of challenging conversations. Yep communication, relationships, all of those areas yeah. really could be solved by what you've just described as the warrior mindset, peace yeah. and conflict, which yeah. is so fascinating. Why do you feel like not many people know this or, or focus on this? Well, people only know what they know. So mm. a lot of the time it's because people haven't had it example to them enough. Yeah, there, you know, there, there is a lack of uh, enough great examples. Mm. And so that's what I dedicate myself to is being yeah. an example. Mm is living what I teach and yeah. guiding others to to create that within themselves and to be mm. able to view the world in a powerful way mm. and come to a peace within themselves. Yeah, it's powerful, yeah. man. I love that. Mate, I want to play a quick game with you if you're up for Go it. Go for it. It's called Rapid Fire. So what we're going to do, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. You just choose one or the other and yep. then I'm going to say a few words like I am and then you just tell me what comes to mind straight okay. afterwards. Yep. Are you ready? Go for it. This is the scariest moment of your Ooh, life, yes. I'm sure. Oh, People, planes, nothing scares this man except for rapid fire. No, no here we go. <laughs> Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Are you more nurturing or hard-nosed? Nurturing. That's very interesting, isn't it? There we go. Optimist or pessimist? Optimist. Are you a soldier, captain, or visionary? Captain. All right. Now, say what comes to mind. I am? Eternal. I hate? Nothing. I love? All. Sacrifice? Exchange. Pain. Message. 
problems. Solutions. The future is. Whatever I create. Love that. Solid, solid, my friend. So tell us, what does the future hold for you currently? Now, again, you're doing a lot of different things and you're, you're killing it. And I'm, again, I'm super grateful for the work we've done together so yeah. far. I know you're helping a lot of people on the Gold Coast, a lot of fighters as well. Talk about what you're currently doing with yourself and, and where you're taking all of this. Yeah, so I've got different avenues within my work, as you just mentioned. So I, I train people, uh, you know, in Muay Thai and boxing and mm. health and fitness. I do my physical treatments and work with people on a mentoring level. Mm. And, yeah, so between the three of them, there's a, there's a great balance between the three of them. Mm. Uh, and in the future, what does it hold? Just it'll expand naturally yeah. in yeah, different yeah. ways. But, mm. yeah, I'd like to make myself more available to, to more people on different levels. So, you know, having some online packages and programs available to just mm. to make it myself more accessible to people. Yeah, 100%, yeah. absolutely. And I think a lot of people are definitely going to get so much value out of what you're currently teaching and providing. Tell us a little bit about some of the fighters that you train and the work that you're doing there. You're really passing on, I guess, the wisdom, not only the, the fight knowledge, which is valuable, yeah. but what I think is even more valuable is the mindset and the wisdom and the rituals and all these things we just discussed, passing yeah. that on. What sort of impact have you seen on these fighters? So the majority of my work with people today at the mm. moment is it, it's not even necessarily fighters. Mm. Like I, I do work with some fighters, yeah. but it's – the majority of my work is is the general population, yeah, is yeah, yeah. other people. And that's, you know, mums, dads, you know, it, people of, of all different ages and, and different walks of, of life. Mm. And, and I love that about my work because it's absolutely, it's more about the mindset. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely about that. And, and that's what I love. I love guiding people to complete power within themselves mm. because for so long I I didn't have that i mm. was dependent for for many years on things outside of myself yeah. just to feel anything yeah. and and i i see that in so many people where mm. they they're dependent on things outside of them that they drug themselves with in one form or another mm. and it's it's keeping them trapped in fear yeah so to be able to there's nothing more liberating than breaking mm. free from that mm. and having that complete power within self mm. so that is the prime focus of my work yeah in whatever form that is if, it, if it's through training people and working people that's what's really being delivered yeah powerful powerful i've got one last question for you my friend if we could take you back in a time machine through the years to meet little iggy maybe the 15 year old you when you're looking for that first multi yep. center what advice would you give yourself in order to help you thrive and move forward in life at a, an optimal level to little iggy little iggy what would you say I don't think I'd say anything to Little Iggy. Yeah, I would. Uh, I wouldn't want to take from the gold that had to be collected along the way. Yeah, you know, if if anyone had come and taken away, people tried, but people couldn't mm. take away my destruction from me. Yeah, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. Mm. It was because of the extreme measure of my destruction that I am who I am today, and that I know what I do. Yeah, I gained that and earned that along the way. Mm. And so I wouldn't be going back and, and saying, hey, you know, and, and because, no, that would, that would take from him. So yeah. I, I'd probably say, keep going, son. Yeah. Just strap yourself in. Enjoy it. It'll all make sense later. Yeah. You're picking up keys. You're picking up keys. Just keep going. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Mate, it's been an absolute honour having you on the show. Thank you for joining me. Where can our listeners find more about you and maybe contact you if they're wanting to catch up and connect? Yep. Yeah, so just through any of the socials. So 
at Iggy McGowan on Insta or Iggy McGowan on Facebook yeah. uh, or IggyMcGowan.com website. But yeah, get in contact through there. Yeah. And yeah, thanks very much for having me on the show. You've got a, I love your work. I love, yeah, you've got a great platform and audience. So it's a, it's a real thrill to be on your show. No, I appreciate that, thanks, mate. Man. Awesome. Thanks for having, thanks for coming on rather. Awesome having you, man. And thanks, uh, man. I know we're going to be doing some cool stuff in the future together. It's for exciting. sure. Looking Good forward you, to friend. that. Good.